take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you need to work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome Dr. Gail Gagnon and Adam Weltzius. Dr. Gail Gagnon has a doctorate in osteopathic medicine who has devoted herself to anti-aging and functional medicine since 2005. And Adam is a nurse practitioner who has been working with men's health for the past seven years. Welcome so much to the podcast today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Today, we'll be talking about hormonal health and the impact on men and women today and the impact on relationships. Uh, Before we do that, before we go into that, maybe you guys can tell us uh, a little bit about yourselves and how you work with men and women when it comes to this topic. Well, I'm an osteopathic physician. I practice functional medicine specializing in what's called bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Bioidentical hormones are hormones that look and act just like your own. They're not synthetic. They're not horse-derived, especially estrogen, and they're not progestins. They are safe for replacement of deficit hormones, which I confirm via comprehensive functional medicine testing. Dr. Gail, maybe you can talk a little bit about functional medicine and to explain out there to the listeners what that might mean. It's looking at the root cause of your issues. There's multiple issues. You'll come in with multiple symptoms, but there may be a root cause, not five different reasons requiring five different biological medications to correct. Okay, great. Awesome. And Adam? I've been with Men's Health for seven years, and we deal with uh, internal medicine and actually with the subspecialty in testosterone replacement for men. Basically, we confirm the medical terminology is hypogonadism and with replacement therapy for deficient testosterone. So basically, we find a lot of common misdiagnosed problems like maybe depression, anxiety, libido, erectile dysfunction, a lot of common like fatigue, mood disorders are usually like uh, the doctor here was saying, really look at the root cause and find find that. And then usually their testosterone is deficient and we can help them with that. What is the number one reason people think they're coming to see you? Because we have the same thing, what they say they're coming to see us for and what they really need. What is the number one thing that people, they notice in their own lives first to seek help and then get the real help they need? Fatigue. They are exhausted. They can't even get up in the morning and they just keep pushing, pushing because they put themselves in a situation 
where they are the head of the family. Everyone's depending on them. They're running their own business and they have to keep on going and they're putting their candle at both ends. I would say it would be fatigue as well or their wives are nagging at them and make the appointment for them. <laughs> so it's specific. <laughs> that doesn't sound stereotypical at all for men. Right? No, 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 no. And usually we have to do it, especially with men. Men are not very communicative. So, what? what? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know, it's something new. Just trying to like dig out what they're really there for, because generally with men, they don't really want to come out and be like, it's that whole masculinity thing. They don't want to be out there and say. I think my testosterone is low it, because then it feels like they're not really a man. And then that will gener- that will affect their relationship, whether it's professional, personal, they're standing with their, their significant other. So the big um, self-esteem issue. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Is there an age range where that happens or do you see it across the board with testosterone levels? Across the board. My youngest patients have been... 19 and I've seen it all the way up into the sixties. So it affects across the board. We do have people who come in and say that they feel like they have low testosterone, but we look at everything. So it's not like you just come in and you see us and we're like, Oh, you just look at your testosterone. No, we look at everything. Make sure your thyroid's okay. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't have diabetes. Your vitamins are okay. You're not anemic. You don't have cancer. And then we look at your testosterone. So we, we've had patients who've come in and said, I feel like crap. We evaluate them, find out, well, no, you don't, your testosterone's fine. You have diabetes or your thyroid's off or you may have cancer. So we have had that. So we you don't look just, at everything. We look at everything. And how about for women? Is there an age range? Usually between 35 and 65, they'll walk through my door. Perimenopause can start. At about 35, perimenopause is when your ovaries start to atrophy. You decrease the production of progesterone. Don't confuse that with menopause. That's when your ovaries start decreasing the production of estrogen. Do you guys see a, a trend, you know, any trends that are that are happening currently when it comes to men and women and hormonal health? Huge. Supplements and plastics. Supplements and plastics. Yes. Okay. Yeah, plastics, uh, BPA, basically, you know, so I don't know if everyone remembers Cheryl Crow back in the early double O's, breast cancer. Mm -hmm. She's out there saying the reason why she got breast cancer was because drinking the bottled water from and and it was plastic and was warm. And they found out that it was lined with BPA. And then they found there was a link to that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of plastics cause that problem. So we have found. I tell this to a lot of my patients that we have tested people who are older in their 70s and 80s and they're fine. And there's a lot more environmental factors. Back then, they only had two things, paper and glass. Now we have plastics. Think, look at all the plastics you come in contact with. And there's really no such thing as BPA-free anymore because I don't know the exact study again here, but there was a recent study that was done out in California where a scientist was looking, they were studying BPA and they had like a sample, they had like their control rats that were not exposed to BPA. And then they were running tests and they found out they had BPA in them. And they're like, this doesn't make sense. Where is this coming from? 
and they looked at their cage and the cage was breaking down. And so they sent it off to another lab to be looked at and found out that the components were BPA free, but they broke down into BPA. No. So basically anything that says BPA free breaks down into BPA. So you're saying the the increase in you know BPA and plastics Use affecting plastics. hormonal health yep. in in men. Yeah, okay. that and supplements. Supplements are not not regulated by the FDA. That's why you always look and you see that little asterisk and says this has not been studied by the FDA or approved. So what is naturally in those supplements? You don't know. I have had a lot of patients who have come in because, you know, trying to find a provider who one will listen to is really hard Mm -hmm. and will give you the time. And like even to find someone who actually knows anything about hormones is even harder. Mm -hmm. And so it's so much easier to go over the counter to to try to find a problem, to find a solution. Go to Google. Or doctor. (laughs) It's Dr. Google and YouTube University. Right. (laughs) We're being replaced here. Right. And so they just start taking these supplements Mm -hmm. and they're filled with so many like testosterone boosters and everything. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of patients who've had damage done to them because of over-the-counter supplements. What about you, Dr. Gale? What trends are you seeing? Toxic food choices and stress. Mm. Herbicides and pesticides on our fruits and vegetables. Even if you go organic, there's still some exposure. There's some some runoff. There's some rain off. You're eating meat that has been injected with hormones Mm. and antibiotics. And this leads to obesity, weight gain. The more fat you have, the more estrogen is produced in your fat, leading to what's called estrogen dominance. And that's pretty much the primary reason. Many women come to see me. They don't realize it's estrogen dominance. It's either a progesterone deficiency or it's an estrogen dominance of foreign estrogens from these toxic food choices. Wow. Can you talk more about estrogen dominance? What are the symptoms of that? And what are some of the causes? Wow. They are fatigue, insomnia, night sweats, anxiety, depression, panic attack, dry skin hair, vaginal dryness, decreased memory concentration, hot flashes, decreased libido. You can go on to fibromyalgia. You can have irregular, painful, heavy periods. It can cause infertility. It can cause cancer. And how do we get estrogen dominance? There are two reasons. One, you have too much estrogen on board. Or two, you don't have enough progesterone. I struggle a lot with the iodine receptors and thyroid issues. Is that related to the estrogen as well? Or is that a separate? Sometimes you need iodine to help you to metabolize your estrogens. There are a number of nutraceuticals that I recommend that aid and foods that I recommend that aid in metabolizing estrogens, both the foreign toxic from those food choices, as well as the own estrogens that you make from your ovaries, your adrenals and excess fat. You know, just hearing this list 
it's, it's so of much issues. Well, and just to piggyback off of what she yeah. said, it, I've seen is, that as well yes. with food and actually like over the counter products as well. We've had patients who've come in. I've had a patient, personal, a couple of patients, personal care products. Yes, who had super elevated estrogen levels. We're talking on the level of a female. Like the constant, like the common misconception here is men don't have estrogen. You do. It's just in a different concentration. Some of these patients have had levels of a menstruating female, which can lead to has a whole bunch of other problems. I heard that with essential oils. Exactly. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Like lavender, right? That boosts your estrogen right, exactly. levels. It, that soy. I had soy. Soy is in everything. everything. Yes. Yes. I had a patient where basically uh, he was on hormone replacement therapy and we, we were very diligent. We do check your labs very frequently. We're making sure we're on top of everything. We're by the book. And we saw a spike in estrogen levels, a tremendous spike. And we're like, well, what's going on here? Found out that his wife was rubbing his back uh. down. With lavender at the end of the night. <laughs> we found it in shampoos. We found it in everything. Like, you have to read the labels because now it's, this is what I tell my patients. You have to be diligent in reading it because it may be a product you've been using for years. And it's a new formulation. And it's a new thing. So they put it in there and you don't know. See, these estrogens that we're seeing, they're not the healthy normal bioidentical estrogens that our bodies make. They're called xenoestrogens, foreign estrogens. They will adhere, attach themselves to normal estrogen receptors, but incompletely, but still stimulating the cell to produce a result, which has a lot of negative side effects. So when we say you're, quote, estrogen dominant, and due to these xenoestrogens, it, they are toxic estrogens. So does that kind of put us in a position where we are trying to catch up with the amount of toxins and foreign estrogens that are out there where now we're needing hormonal replacement therapy to, you know, balance that? I would say that's be, be correct. I would say modern technology and the advancement of our society has led us down to this road. I recommend daily detoxification for all of my patients, maybe in a powder, maybe in a supplement, but there's many different ways to detoxify. You can exercise and sweat. You can go in a sauna. Anything that helps you to sweat, you're going to release. Anything, lots of water because you're constantly wanting, if you're going to detoxify, you need to get rid of those fat-soluble molecules, convert them to water, and then enable your body to release it. And it doesn't release fat. It will only release something in a water-soluble form. Also, there was a recent study done in Europe where they looked at the stool samples of multiple patients across the world where they were looking for plastic. They found it everywhere in places where they don't even use plastic. So you can't get away from it. They didn't come, you can't get away with it. And basically, there was a, just a recent article, I wanted to say with the FDA, where they said that with the water, so with the poly, uh, being PFAs like Teflon and all that, it's in water. That doesn't degrade. That's in everything. I saw a study where they found it in breast milk. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. <laughs> They've even found that in the the big thing now is plastic straws in the Pacific. All that. Yes, we have a macro plastic problem, but we also have a microplastic problem. 
and micro means you can't see it. But they've done it where they've taken some seawater way, I don't know how far down, but they see like the plankton and they highlight it and you can see the microplastic in that. So whoever comes and eats that and then eats Mm -hmm. that and then eats that and eats that, you're eating that. Yes. Eat whatever they ate. Exactly. Wow. Mm -hmm. I remember Tony Robbins, when we went and saw him, he was eating a lot of salmon in his life and he got sick from the... It was mercury. mercury, Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah, so you think you're doing good things for yourself, and you don't really realize. Well, yeah, I mean, all the complications. That, there's, there's, I mean, that could be another story. I mean, like false advertising. Yeah, in that regards, and natural is a buzzword. It just means organic is yeah. another one, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. the definition of natural means like what you can do. I do this with my staff. I do this with my patients. Is for something to be deemed natural just means it needs to be derived from this earth. So you can take anything like soy and spin it down or corn and you get high fructose corn syrup. Still and natural. Still natural. Non-GMO. Non-GMO. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. And that's the law. So there is a lot of misinformation out there. Oh, yes. Very much. Right. And everything is is deemed natural or organic. And, you know, there's a lot of detoxification protocols out there. How do people educate themselves? Find a provider who's educated. There you go. Have a good stool every day. I tell you at this point, mm-hmm. people say, well, I ask you to how many times you stool a day and they just look at me like that's not what I came in here for. But it's a major form of detoxification. Major. This is why you always feel so good. You get up in the morning, you have a cup of coffee or something warm, and then what's called in England, your morning constitution. (laughs) (laughs) That's so lovely. They have such a lovely way of saying everything. And you feel good and you're energized and now you're ready to go to work. But it's you just have to practice daily to detoxify because you're going to be exposed. You have to breathe. Our, our, Our air isn't always the cleanest. We try to put ourselves in nice country exposure but mm-hmm. you you got to get in the car you got exhaust you got to get gas so you, it's, you, everywhere. You, it's everywhere yeah, it's everywhere so, so you, what you want to do is practice daily different forms of daily detoxification do you guys have the same issue in your field that we have that we're not very well trained in specializations and so you can get a master's degree or a doctorate in psychology or counseling or whatever the related fields are and never learn about relationships, families, Mm -hmm. couples, but you can go out and say, I specialize in this or I do this kind of work. Mm -hmm. And so in the medical field, I don't think they teach much about nutrition and that kind of stuff. I think it's like a two hour course. (laughs) That sounds about right. Chris. That's scary. I I, I graduated in 1987. So in all honesty, my my undergraduate degree is in nutrition. So I started out with, with more knowledge than my, my, my colleagues on that topic. There's a lot of bad science out there on nutrition. I don't know if anyone's aware here, but the guy who ran the, um, I think it was Cornell. It's out in Kansas, the food institute there. He's the one who came up with don't chop when you're hungry or it's smaller plates will make you smaller portions and all that. Well, actually, he got fired <laughs> because all of his research was bunk and he actually played with the numbers and there, it, was, oh. it was Cornell University. So he's being fired at, in May of this year and they're retracting 
all of his studies because they're finding out that what he did doesn't mean make sense. So even if you go and try to study and educate yourself about things, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Exactly. I mean, I always tell my patients I'm a little bit of a nerd geek. I'm always wanting to learn, looking for new things and that. Actually, I took it upon myself and I got trained uh, by Dr. Noakes over in South Africa through his nutrition network and learned about the low-carb, high-fat, also known as the keto diet. I've had tremendous success with multiple patients and reversal of diabetes, weight loss. I had one patient lose 160 pounds who was in college and... You know how college is. <laughs> Just a few carbs. Exactly. <laughs> but this, he lost 160 pounds in a year and wow. changed his life. I would combine that keto with intermittent fasting. Exactly. And that as well. Yes. That as well. Yes. And you, so, so that's not just a fad. That actually is. Oh, it's. I think it should be it's a daily. Yes, we, we don't you, need to eat this much food. You, we we don't, don't need to eat all the time. You don't, you know. And the thing is, is what I tell people is, a fast is considered greater than twenty four hours. If you are not doing that, then you're not fasting. It's called time restricted eating. A lot of the processed foods that we eat, everything we eat and drink, is been processed and then causes a state of hyperinsulinemia. And then also causes us being fat. And that's what everyone wants to talk about is we have an obesity problem. Well, yeah, because it's a food. It's our drinks. It's You can exercise. You can do all that. Biggest loser. They did a study. They're all back within their starting weights within three years by 10% of their starting weight. And it's not because of their exercise or their diet because they're not addressing the real issue. As far as the, the intermittent fasting, there's a reason for it. it. When you're not eating is when your body is actually taking your old cells, your sick cells, taking them apart, saving minerals or, or products, ingredients that it can be reused from, for other cells. And then it gets rid of the, it's the, the old cells. It's cleaning your body. Mm-hmm. It's called autophagy. Exactly. You know, Netflix has a whole bunch of documentaries. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I get this all the time. One on keto diet, another on plant-based diet. Is that Are we talking about Game Changers? Or are we talking about What the Health? Or what are we talking about? I don't remember the titles of the, them. The Magic right? Pill? The Magic, the magic pill, pill is one of them. The Magic Pill is actually about Noakes and his fight with South Africa, basically talking about the low-carb, high-fat, and how they were trying to take away his license. Right. So there's actually much more to that. And that is based. And I was a neophyte in this stuff until I watched that. And then, of course, like I said earlier, I'm a geek and I'm a nerd. And I went and I looked at the science. I'm like, because you always hear this. People always want to be like, I'm keto. Yeah. I'm, I'm keto. I'm like, are you? Are you really? Are you really following it? Are you? Do- yeah. I don't know if you're doing it right. Yeah. It's kind of like Atkins 20 years ago when yeah. people were like, hey, I was at that time I was in the ER and I would see people and they'd be telling me that they were doing Atkins. I eat bacon all day. I'm, I, I'm going to Portillo's. I'm still getting the combo, but I'm not eating the bread. I'm Atkins. I'm, all, and I'm like, but you got a heart attack. I don't know if you're doing this right. <laughs> so then when I, so I started looking at the research, it actually makes sense. Like basically that's how Noakes saved his license 
because they presented all these studies and they broke them down and said, this is wrong. You look at the data. This has been going on since the 50s. This has actually been a war on us, on our bodies, since the 1900s. When they cornflakes, Crisco, <laughs> yeah, Crisco, yep, <laughs> cotton yeah. seed oil. Back mm -hmm. in the 50s, individuals ate breakfast, lunch, and supper. There was no snacking. Exactly. There, there was no after-school snack. There was no snack before bed. And if you look back in any of these, I love Alfred Hitchcock. You could any of his movies. It's like everyone's so much slimmer. Yeah. And it's because they actually took the time to not eat, allowing, you talked about insulin. When insulin goes up, all, all hormones are messengers. When insulin goes up, it says to the body, I want you to store fat. Anything you eat makes insulin go on. Certain foods will make insulin go up really high, like processed foods, sugars. Next would be the carbs, then proteins, fats. Fats cause insulin to go up the least, but it still causes insulin to go up. So every time you eat, Insulin goes up and it tells the body to store fat. Only when insulin comes down, when you're not eating, is now the message is, I want you to break down fat to use as fuel. That's how you're going to lose weight, mm -hmm. breaking down your own fat by not eating all the time. And a big problem, the number one spikes your insulin, artificial sweeteners. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, that's a big one when I tell everyone. I go, so yeah, I break a lot of hearts when, especially when stevia comes up. <laughs> so the stevia in my coffee right now is not good. Actually, no. that <laughs> monk fruit, they say monk fruit's the best. It's plant, plant based and doesn't necessarily cause that insulin spike. Yeah. So it's basically, if it's sweet, like the thing is, is that everything has been modified to the point where what we're eating, what it is, is not what we used to eat. Fruit, when was the last time you walked into a store eating, say, an apple? bananas, any type of fruit. Those were seasonal. Now it's all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, like the Honeycrisp. I had one of my staff members tell me how they made this new Frankenapple where it's like <laughs> a golden, delicious Honeycrisp, granny, like, and it's just this behemoth of something. <laughs> I mean, you look, like, have you ever looked back at and they say like what the size of a donut or a bagel was back in the 50s? It was like this small. Right. And now it's the size of your face. Yeah. Pasta. It's all Texas size. We, right oh, yes. we have a peach tree and when it produces, you have one week mm. and it's all garbage after yep. a week. Yep. It's like you have 4,000 peaches. Mm -hmm. We invite the whole neighborhood over, mm -hmm. make a bunch of wine. And, and they're tiny. And they're yep. tiny yes. and we lose half of them. Yep. And the they bees. taste amazing. Yeah. Yes. Real sugar. Like the thing is, is this what I always tell the patients Food scientists are out there to make the food addictive, so it's really hard mm. for you to stop. MSG. Mm -hmm. And yeah. a couple of like notes said to me is that you cannot outrun a bad diet anymore. Just with how many calories, how much stuff is in there, you, you could eat and you could exercise for the rest of the day and you would not be able to work that off. You cannot outrun a bad diet anymore. 80% of your weight is food related. Wow. Yeah. 80%. Mm -hmm. So you really got to think and look at what you're putting in your mouth. When you have patients coming in and they have a whole slew of that huge list that you guys talked about earlier, right? <laughs> about 20 symptoms. What, average. How, do you, how do you balance that? Well, you're obviously going to look at their diet. You look at, you know, how they are, their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
But then if they have these hormonal imbalances, right, mm. where do you make that decision? You know, we need to do hormonal replacement now. It, it seems like it's just this balancing act. I start with the initial consult where we review the nutraceuticals. We talk about diet. We talk about exercise. We talk about coping mechanisms, lifestyle. Then we do the testing and then they follow up. And most people are low in progesterone. And that will cause insomnia, night sweats, panic attack, depression, uh, anxiety, muscle skeletal pain, weight gain, and and fatigue. So I will start usually with progesterone. I need to get them sleeping. If I can't get them sleeping, they get refreshed sleep. They're not going to be able to do anything I need them to do to help them get better the next day. I start with sleep and I start with progesterone. With us, it's just more looking at everything. I mean, we look at everything because th- everything can mask a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And what I usually tell the patients who I'm initially consulting with is that, you know, we want to treat the root cause because if we're just treating a symptom, then that keep as soon as that drug wears off, then it comes back. So we're not actually addressing the real issue. So we got to figure this out. So, yeah, we look at diet, we look at exercise, we look at, you know, we check all their labs and, you know, consult them in that regards. Now, the caveat here is how truthful are your patients in regards to telling (laughs) you the actual truth? Because one of the one thing I, this is one phrase that always gets me going, is how clean they eat and how that they eat the best. And I'm like, I don't think so. Because if that was the case, we wouldn't be having this discussion. We, You wouldn't be here. We need to address this. This is a real issue. And to assess a patient and try to get them on board to show them that these are the changes that you need to make to change your life. And you're not making those. How do you get that patient to buy into that? And that is probably the hardest thing. And I'm sure men are much more truthful than, than women are. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> much, so much. I mean, I like I, I think I got like a doctorate in man talk now. So. <laughs> Can you guys talk more about libido and the impact that has on relationships that you've seen? Oh, it's oh, it's nature. I I will literally have women walk in the door and they're, they're crying. I have, I have three boxes of Kleenex available at any one time because we talk about deep, sensitive issues. And they will come in and they say, I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm having all these issues, but the main reason I'm here, because my husband said, if I don't get my libido fixed, he's going to leave me. No stress there, huh? No, no, no pressure. No. So, yes, a lot of women will save that conversation for maybe fourth or fifth fob appointment down the line. So when you talk about how honest are they, yes, they're not sleeping, yes, they're having hot flashes, but they're there because they want to save their marriage. Is literally, that a normal literally. thing that people go through or is it because of all the stuff in the environment and... Anything that causes stress Mm -hmm. is going to increase your cortisol. And when you increase your cortisol, you end up decreasing your testosterone and your estrogens. The the hormones have a metabolic pathway downstream. And you start out with cholesterol, believe it or not, in the inner membrane of the mitochondria. And then you make pregnenolone, which converts to progesterone. 
And that can then convert to cortisol to help you deal with stress. And that's usually with people, that's where it goes to first. The other place progesterone would metabolize to as it goes downstream would be testosterone. So if it's busy going to cortisol, it's not going to go to testosterone. Now there's no libido, no sex drive, no energy. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I have a lot of patients who come in and if they're not getting an erection, it's a problem. And especially with their wives or girlfriend or fiancés or whoever they're with, basically then it's, I get a lot of patients saying that it's not from their wives or the significant others saying they feel like they're being cheated on. Because if they can't get it up for them, that means they don't find them attractive. That means they must be getting it from somewhere else. And that's not the case. And so that starts a lot of tension. And what I always tell people is that, like, yeah, we get your hormones in place. You know, there's multiple factors in regards to how to maintain this, you know, hormonal blood flow, nervous in your brain. And it's just a vicious cycle. And if you get in your head that you're not going to get it up. It's if I tell you not to think about a pink elephant in the middle of the room, right? You're going to think about that. So there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of tension, and just trying to get them to talk about that, or that's the main reason why they're there. They're like, if I don't get this fixed, I'm getting divorced, or she's leaving me, mm-hmm. or I don't know what I'm going to do. Do you see the same thing that Dr. Gale sees that? Yes. It- they tell you right away or they wait like three or four visits before they guys it's about directions so it's it's right right off the bat right i ask them i'm like i'm very blank and i go and they'll tell me and that's what it is we have a question here and that's one of the major symptoms of hypogonadism is erection quality spontaneity libido because everyone consumes that testosterone is just you know muscle and all that it's not it's actually it has a bigger part in our bodies. You know, erections are a big deal. So when I'm talking with patients on their first day, it's that's a big part of it, among other things. Yes. It also correlates with heart health, too, for men, right? That is correct. Testosterone has gotten a bad rap since the 30s. <laughs> Originally, we thought testosterone caused prostate cancer. So that's why testosterone was never used. That was based on... What, two studies? It was the goal. Two studies. Yeah, there was a study done <laughs> and a guy by the name of Morgan Taylor, he's a urologist over in Harvard, went down and found the study and found out that the gold standard study that they were using was actually on castrated men who had active prostate cancer. And so if that study was used today to be published, it would not be published. Mm-hmm. So then he started using this because a lot of his mentors were telling him that he was going to kill people by doing testosterone. He's like, I'm actually, this is, doesn't make sense. So he found it. And then that's what changed all this. So now we've moved from prostate cancer to now we're going to cause a heart attack, which is not true. The more studies we're finding, we're finding out that testosterone is actually heart protective. We don't know pathophysiologically what's going on on a cellular level, but we're finding out that it helps with your cholesterol. It helps with cardiac disease problems, metabolic problems. If you have diabetes, it's not going to cure your diabetes. It's going to help maintain your sugar levels. It's going to help with the blood pressure. But the problem here is too, as well, what else are you putting in your body? 
Is your diet all right? Are you exercising? Are you sleeping? Just like the doctor here said. These all come into play. These, these are multifactorial problems that you have to look at. And that's why I try to explain to patients, it's if I just could cure you with one shot, I'd be on some island right now. That's not what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> the more research we're doing, the more we're finding out how beneficial testosterone is. The problem is, is that when you go to someone who is not well-versed in this and they don't know what they're doing or what they're monitoring, that's the problem. And that's not very regulated. No. Right. Well, there a lot of, often they're not looking at the pro-hormones and the downstream hormones. They, those hormones can be manipulated too. Which without are, giving which are? any testosterone. Thyroid. I think this is Adam's area working. Yeah. Uh, with the guys, we will see, I have a lot of patients who will be at other clinics and they will not check their estrogen levels. So just like, you know, it breaks on estradiol. So you cannot put one thing in your body and not affect another thing. You have to look at everything. And a lot of practitioners will not do it because they're too busy. This is not their niche. This is not their thing. They're surgeons. They want to deal. They want to cut you. So <laughs> I know big shocker here, but so they take out that gallbladder. <laughs> let's do it. There we go. <laughs> but that's the thing. And don't, they don't want to look at that. So, what I tell patients is that if you look at the like the golden zone of testosterone, it's like a football field. The golden zone of your estrogen level, it's like 10 yards. And when you get too much estrogen and you get too low estrogen, they affect the body the same way. I can't tell you if you're having this symptom, your estrogen is too high. But if you have this other symptom, it's too low. And it's the same. It's the same. Yeah. And especially when I'm talking with new patients and they're talking about estrogen levels, as soon as they hear that, guys, they're like, get that out of me. I don't need that. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you need it. You it's do. very important because if you have suppressed estrogen levels, that leads to arthrosclerosis and hardening of your arteries. So the ratios for women, estrogen dominance, looking at estrogen and progesterone. For men, it's looking at estrogen and testosterone. There's a certain goal ratio that will make you feel good and, and make you healthy. And that's what we're constantly trying to balance out. Exactly. Is that ratio. Exactly. You know, one of the things that we advocate for a lot is hiking, mm. Mm. being out in nature, taking vacations, and people go out and then they have sex <laughs> and they're like, I don't know, we well, go on vacation and it's fine. Decrease stress and it's, right? get some sleep. And, and doing an activity. Vitamin and, D, mm -hmm. fresh air. Yep. Yeah. All the things that we don't do are in these little contained boxes. There's no sunshine. There's no fresh air. There's no movement. That's why we started hiking. We were moving like 1800 steps a day we sit for a living like oh my god this is worse than smoking when you do something brand new together mm -hmm. dopamine goes up yep the pleasure feel good neurotransmitter in the brain well I, you know i think what we're we're dancing around here is that you know that mind body connection and i think that you know is a phrase that a lot of people hear but they don't truly understand you know because everything affects everything yes and especially since we are being attacked by our environment, you know, we have to pay much closer attention to not just our physical body, but, you know, our, our thoughts and our emotions and our relationships and our connections to everyone around us because it all affects everything. 
No, and that's true. I mean, if if I tell people if your hormone levels are not worth, they're not optimized, you're just going to spin your wheels. Like you're not going to have that mind. You're not going to have that mindfulness about, well, I'm with my partner and now I feel like crap and I'm going to yell at you and I don't want to be with you and all this until we can get that fixed. You're going to be spinning your wheels. And yes, you have to put in work. You have to put work in everything. You can't just, I can't just give you injection of testosterone and you're going to be fine. You're not going to have to do anything. You're going to have to work on everything. Multifactorial. Exactly. The hormone oxytocin Mm -hmm. is the bonding hormone. That's why we encourage people to sleep naked together. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's released most acutely after orgasm. So if you have erectile dysfunction or your vaginal dryness and you're not having any form of orgasm, you are now lacking that oxytocin, which now enables you to have that very unique special bond that you have with that partner that you don't have with anyone else. And that's what pulls you back together to remind yourself why why you're with that person. Hugging is important mm-hmm. and you can, you don't have to do that with necessarily just your spouse. You, you can hug anyone and your oxytocin puppy. will, yes, mm-hmm. your puppy, oxytocin will go up. You feel safe. You feel more gratitude. Oxytocin lends you to feel more trust. Decrease anxiety and yes. depression. Yes. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're, you're, you're more accepted, self-esteem. Oxytocin plays a major role in our ability to to bond with each other, be it spouses or your your animals, your your mm-hmm. family. We need to hug more, and and we're trying to help our house, our pa- patients have have orgasms, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Is there? I, I know that hormones are really tricky because you can take a little snapshot, but that is nothing about the picture because it, it fluctuates so much. Is there an optimal time of day that is more conducive to intimacy? No. I would say that pretty much with testosterone, any type of hormone, your highest level of testosterone is in the morning. So basically you're sleeping, you're repairing the body for the next day, producing the hormones for the next day. De-stressed. De-stressed. Mm-hmm. And usually that's why with the morning erection, usually that's a sign of if you don't have that, then that might mean your testosterone's low. So it, you're not having, you don't have enough. So yeah, I would say first thing in the morning, de-stress, all that. That's when, when you come into our office, we're checking your levels first thing in the morning because that's when your levels should be the highest. And you see about 25 to 50% drop throughout the day. For women, it's whenever their stress is at the lowest. Morning, noon, night. Whenever their stress is at the lowest. You know, it's really interesting because we always ask people, what's the first thing you touch in the morning? Mm-hmm. And it's usually their phone. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Electronics. But yes. you should be touching your partner because yeah. that's the best time of day to do yeah. that. You know, yeah. most couples now that we're seeing, mm-hmm. they are just off and running yeah. first thing in the morning. Yep. You know, they've got kids, they're running around, they've mm-hmm. got two dual careers. They don't even see each other. They don't even see each other. The first interaction they have with each other is texting each other from work later on in the day. Right. And then the conversation, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's more logistical, right? Not, Can you pick like, up the kids at yeah, four or something? Like, there's no intimacy in that. I mean, right. like, uh, no, text yeah. is so subjective. Mm-hmm. I mean, like 
it can be taken anyway. Sure. They have not a communication. And then they come home and they are tired and they have to put the kids to bed and get them dinner and then homework or the kids are homework. involved in every kind of sport. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And they're exhausted. And then they go to bed most often separately. Mm-hmm. Right? Or with their kids. Or with their kids. And so there is very, there's just this lack of intimate time and couple bonding and it just accumulates over time it becomes you know just this toxic relationship mm-hmm. over time yeah mm-hmm. it's like that old adage of that two ships passing in the middle of the night absolutely right you know mm-hmm. right so you know another trend we're seeing is infertility mm-hmm. big oh yes and you know, it is pretty devastating we did a you know a couple podcasts on that on infertility in of itself. And, you know, I just wondering if you guys have something to add about that as far as hormonal health and what you're seeing. I see a lot of low progesterone leading to infertility. And why, why low progesterone? Because all, it's all being converted to cortisol to help you deal with stress. Cortisol is our survival hormone. It is our adaptation hormone. Our body will steal the ingredients from all the upstream hormones, including progesterone, to convert to cortisol to help you survive the day. So when progesterone comes down, now your progesterone to estrogen ratio is off. Now you're not, you, that disrupts your cycles. So if you're not on task with your cycles, then you're not going to ovulate appropriately, enabling you to increase your own progesterone and testosterone naturally, and then enabling the body to get ready for implantation should the opportunity arise. So I'm finding that my perimenopausal menopausal patients are sending their daughters to me for infertility. Now I'm not an OBGYN. I'm board certified in family practice. I worked ER for 12 years, but because I'm not an OBGYN, I don't promote myself as someone who works with, with infertility, but I definitely do. So that's why things like Meditation and acupuncture and massage therapy can help people get pregnant. That decreases the conversion of progesterone to cortisol, puts less stress on the adrenals. So the progesterone is allowed to stay elevated and keep your cycles nice and regular. So we should feel lovely more often and not stressed out. Crazy. (laughs) We we really need to work at it. We need to work at it, though. You know, we're big proponents of meditation, and it's amazing how Mm -hmm. difficult it is for people. You can't find it from on a screen. Yeah. No. Right. Right. Our screens are killing us. Mm-hmm. I'm finding with a lot of my patients who just don't even know how to sit still, mm-hmm. I'm recommending the, it's called binaural beats. I don't know, Adam, if, if you're, you're mm-hmm. doing this. I love it. You put on your headphones and they induce wavelengths in the brain. And this could be the delta waves for sleep. Maybe it can also, there's, it, it can increase your dopamine, your serotonin with certain brain waves induced by these binaural beats. And they just tell them, cool, quiet, dark room, put on these headphones, close your eyes, Calgon, take me away. Do you remember those guys? <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember that commercial. Yeah. That, that, that's the 432 music. 432 hertz. It's free on YouTube. There's tons of it out there. Yes, yes. Just go look it up and start listening. And that it does, it changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What about for you, Adam, uh, infertility and... Oh, uh, yeah. I would say that is a big problem we do see in our practice. It's not a huge, but we do deal with it. My number one question I usually do have for my patients is one, how old is their significant other spouse? Because I tell them, number one, if she's not okay, 
this ain't happening. Number one, that's what's going to drive this. So she has to get checked out as well. And then we'll look at you. And we do see, yes, testosterone may decrease your, if you're deficient in testosterone and you're on replacement therapy, that may decrease your overall spermogenesis. But we do have things that combat that medication-wise and that we look at, do semen analysis. I've had multiple patients who have not been able to conceive with a protocol that we do have, and they were able to do it. Actually, I had a guy who who's like 40, has a younger wife, been trying for years, not able. We put him on our protocol, had another one, and then was like, I need to be, get back on that because you're so good. We want to have another one. So <laughs> we do see it. It's, it's a big problem. Do you guys know, and I don't know if there's research on this, what is the percentage that women are having fertility issues or men are having fertility issues or both? That's a great question. I would say it's both. I would, I would too. I, I'm not privy to the percentage, but yeah. it's, it's, it is. It's pretty rampant. Yes, it is. I, I see it a lot. I would say that, like, and I, and again, I don't know the specific research in this area, but I know there was something on the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology where it's the birth control for oh. females, where mm-hmm. they are yeah. being put on birth control at a very young age and they're on that. Now you, you you're on it when you're a teenager. You're on it through college. You're on it through your professional life. Now you're married. You want to have kids. You've been telling your body mm-hmm. for the past 15 years you've been pregnant. Yes. And now you you take it away and your body's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Actually, you've been telling your body not to ovulate. Yeah. Okay. What birth control pills do is they prevent ovulation. That's when your natural progesterone and testosterone goes up, enabling you to get ready for potential implantation. So if you're on a birth control pill, then you're not going to, your own natural progesterone and testosterone is going to be low. So now you're going to be obviously infertile. And even if you're off the oral birth control pill for a, a few months, it does take a while for your body to regulate and for the possibility of pregnancy. This is a much bigger problem. I know, isn't it scary? Yes. Can you each talk about how people can get to you and a little bit about how you work with people, what they can expect coming in? I'm located in Barrington. My website is drgalgano.com. Can you spell that? D-R-G-A-I-L-G-A-G-N-O-N.com. Initially, you'll come in for a 60-minute initial consult. We will review a seven-page medical history questionnaire that you will have downloaded from my website in preparation for that appointment. At that time, we'll decide whether or not it sounds like you're a candidate for my services based on your multiple symptoms. And then I'll decide at that time whether I want to do a saliva test, a urine test, or a blood test. And then we'll schedule your follow-up appointment to review those results. And if it proves that you are deficit in any any one or particular hormone, I will then start you low dose and then increase slowly per symptom relief over a full year's time, you will usually follow with me three to four times that first year with testing because I don't know what your optimum dose is, okay? And I 
if you're already really low in that hormone, I don't want to give you too much too fast because now you're going to have symptoms of deficiency and I'm giving you symptoms of excess and you're going to feel worse. You're going to think, I don't know what I'm doing and you'd be right. So I start low, keep adding on and or subtracting as we move forward throughout the year. Also inside of that year, you're going to be making major lifestyle changes because you walked in my door because of your lifestyle and your environmental exposures. So we are working on that in between. Can you work with people virtually? Absolutely. In fact, I definitely need to see you for the initial consult in my office. But after that, we can do telephone or we can do like a Skype or a HIP compliant virtual via Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I'm currently at a Men's Health Chicago. We have a website, menshealthchicago.com, mhcmedical.com. We do have four offices in the Chicago land area. We have one in the Loop, one in Naperville, one in Barrington, and I am running the Schaumburg office. Initial consultation usually consults of a medical history, physical exam, lab work. To qualify for hormone replacement therapy, you do have to have two deficient testosterone levels for insurance. And just like uh, the doctor here said that we're basically trying to optimize your levels where you are. And, you know, we don't want to go, go have you too low. We don't want to have you too high. We got to get into that golden zone there. It, it takes a little bit some figuring out and then you have to do your part as well. So we're hands on. You're seeing one of our providers every time you're walking in. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Gale and Adam. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been very enlightening and I'm sure you have provided a lot of information out there for all of our listeners. Thanks so much for inviting today. Thank you. And we hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also your relationship. Thank you to all our listeners out there for listening to Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couple's Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. 